Hello and welcome to Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. This week we are going to be ranking Iron Maiden songs for you. It's something we do a lot, but this week we have a different take on it. Something Matt was pleased to hear about. But before I spoil the surprise, let me introduce you to the band. First up in Perth, Australia, the administrator, translator, and historian of the podcast. I almost said counselor. I got Kirsty Prince in Perth, Australia. Kirsty, how are you? Hi, thanks. Good to be here. The uh, the lead guitar, if you will, of our band, our merry little trio. <laughs> and the lead singer slash bass player, uh, the Lemmy of our little trio, if you will. I have uh, the flip-flop thong horseshite guru, Matthew, in the kingdom, baby. In the kingdom, baby. I'm Matt, and I talk shite. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh, that was good. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> and I am the drummer. I'm, uh, if you are listening to the Patreon talk, you will know that I am filthy, the drummer. <laughs> yes. I took, I'd taken the reins from Matt this week, a little bit. And, um, okay, so what we're going to talk about is, I know Kirsty will remember this, and Matthew may remember this, but we've obviously, we've ranked all of the title, uh, the, the first songs from each album. Have we done that, right? Yes. Opening tracks? Okay, so we've done track one. From every Iron Maiden album, uh, we did most. We did all the Bruce track threes. Am I right, Kersey? Yes, we did. Okay, so we didn't rank all the track threes, but this week we are ranking all of the track number sevens. Every Iron Maiden album has a track seven. Every Iron Maiden album has a track. Because I thought about, I had a dream about this. I took a nap earlier, and when I woke up, I had a dream that we were. That if we ranked all the track eights, that that wouldn't be the album closers for everyone, right? Right. So I thought if we did... But it would for some of them. So I thought at some point, would we want to rank... We would want to rank all the album closers. So it's kind of... I was thinking, how do we fit... How would we fit in any of the other track eights anywhere? Or do we do something different when that happens? I don't know. That's not for here or now, but it's just something I thought about or dreamed about earlier. Hmm. So, Kirsty has set our rules in place. Kirsty, tell everybody that has never listened or doesn't know what the rules are for this. All right. So, what we're going to do, we're going to talk about each of the track sevens in order, starting from Charlotte Harlot. And on that, I wasn't sure whether, because I've got Strange World as my track seven on the Iron Maiden album, because my copy has got... Sanctuary on it. Yeah. But um, I, I quickly asked Facebook and I, I got about three or four replies. And yeah, it's definitely Charlotte the Harlot belongs track seven. So we'll talk about all of those in order and then we're going to rank them from least best to best. And will you also clear up two other things that I know me and Matt uh, talked about before as well? Can you clear up which tracks we'll, we'll be doing for... Um, Killers and Number of the Beast as well. Um, we'll be doing Killers for Killers, and we will be doing Gangland, Gangland yeah. for the Number of the Beast. Because me and Matt actually discussed this the other day, and he goes, are we counting 
the Ides of March is track one. I go, well, Kirsty said we're doing killers, so it looks like it. <laughs> so, yeah, just because yeah. some people think they go together, and it's like, oh, I'll just make sure. Yeah, but you know, you know me, I'm very strict about my rule that they're two yeah. different songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's on, like a hill I'm gonna die on. And on Final Frontier, we didn't count. Um, we didn't count Satellite 15 as its own track. So since we're no, not because it's not right, game changer. It really well that would have been a that would have been a a really good track either song really. But it's one song. It's definitely one song. Right, right. I'm just saying if Satellite like 15 because it would have given us either Starblind the way it is, or if you split it up, it would have given us. Um, What's the one about the boat? <laughs> the talisman. Talisman, yeah. The one about the boat. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> I knew what you meant. Come on, man. I'm, I'm tired, Matthew. No, on. We're on the same wavelength. We don't need to know words. Some of us aren't on coke right now, Matthew. Oh, uh, I am. I am just now. You are too? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, that's why I had to run downstairs. Mm. I've, got a, I've got an empty bottle of Coca-Cola Quebec. In front of me, which was ma- yeah, yeah. It, it was maple. It was Quebec maple. I'm sorry, maple. So it was like Qu- Coca Cola with maple flavor in it, and it was delicious. Ah. When Is I it, had- they make that, or you added it? No, they made it, it, it but you can only get it in Canada. Oh, okay. I've never heard of that. It was really okay. good too. It was really good too. So uh, I have to make my own. Bye. You can order it on Amazon, but it's really, really expensive. Because after I had it at one time, I thought, man, I'm going to order some more of those. And then I saw the price. I was like. Is that where you got it from Amazon? No, no, no. I, we, we went to Canada. Last, we were in Canada last summer. We went over into Canada for one day because we were close enough to the border. So. Oh, and you still had some. Oh, okay. No, I don't have it. I drank it. I just I just saved the bottle. Oh, I got you. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. oh, I some bottles of Trooper. Two minutes of my life that I ain't coming back. There you go. So. <laughs> no, any, any other podcaster would edit that bit out. Not no, us. <laughs> no, not all of them. Not all of them. Not all of them. Only, well. So let's go to track number one or seven from album number one, the self-titled album, if you will. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that track is Charlotte the Harlot. So Kirsty, why don't you tell us a little bit about Charlotte the Harlot? Okay, many would say that this one's the weakest on the album, but and maybe I would as well, I don't know. But I don't mind this. I, I think it's of its time. It's like mm. kids in an East End metal band playing pubs and, you know, it might have duff lyrics, but it's only to be expected, really. Uh, it's got a fun riff, great fast energy and a really headbangy chorus. And I like the way the drums play along with the vocals on the chorus. And then there's something about the slow section in the middle that shows what they could do, mm-hmm. um, even when Paul's singing about off-coloured drawers, which is like <laughs> one of the most laughable lines ever. <laughs> and I think the guitars sound really nice in that section, and uh, the solo, that's really fast and furious. So, yeah, I don't mind it. We're off to a fairly good start, really. Okay. What about you, Matt? I do like this. I think this is a pretty cool little track. Yes, the... The lyrics are juvenile, is what I'd put here. But then they're in their infancy. 
there's a lot of things that are going to change lyric-wise and albums to come, so you've got to start somewhere. So I'll give them a pass on that. That's okay. But the energy in this song, like I like the riff in this and that little breakdown that you were referring to, Kirsty. that's my favourite part because it's setting up the solos and where it all kicks back into pace. And a little bit of Dave Murray here, doesn't go astray. Um, but I did wonder, so as you said, it's a song of its time. They could play it again, but would they play it again? Is it the sort of song because of the lyrics? And I've wondered the same thing about 22 Acacia Avenue. Are they songs that they would play, or are they songs that we looked at negatively now just because of the way the culture's changed and stuff like that? I don't think they could. But it doesn't take my enjoyment away from either song. No, I think this is a good one to start out with. Yeah, it's not bad. You know, some some people believe that the opening line of a song can completely throw you off the song, you know, given how bad a line can be. But Matt, when you hear giving a swish with your arse in the air, does that make you not want to listen to this song? I asked you a question earlier. It was to do about a cat and a hand. What can you do? You know? Wow. That's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We could. And I said, you yes. could like, yes, I could make yeah. a, uh, the cat at my house named Meow, she would purr when I pet her. Yes. Thanks, Ted. So, yeah. Thanks, Teddy. <laughs> Uncle Teddy. So, um, yeah, I agree with uh, – I really – I do like what, like, Kirsty mentioned, the way the drums are, you know, with the with the, with the the chorus. That's cool, you know. And then the little breakdown section, of course, is one of the, the really – the real highlights of the song. And, like, it does show you kind of – Okay, they're doing this real quick little thing going on, and then they slow it down, and it's like it's a really nice section. Uh, even though the even though the lyrics right there are, uh, let's see, let's just read them real fast. There was a time when you left me standing there, picking up pieces of love off the floor. Nice. Well, Charlotte, you left me alone in there to make your ends as a bloody whore. Well, Charlotte, you told me you loved me true. Picking up pieces of love yesterday. You'd love. And it says, <laughs> I never knew this was the lyric. Oh my God. It's fine up to now, isn't it? But I never had any idea when Matt said the color of the drawers. I never knew. Well, Charlotte, your drawers are <laughs> off color too. <laughs> That's I like every size drawers. That is gold. You're, well, you're, well, oh, golly. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to read this. Have you gone off it a little bit now? Is that going to affect your rankings now you've actually read the lyrics? I might actually move this up a little bit. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Charlotte, well, Charlotte, your colors are... Well, <laughs> well, Charlotte, your drawers are off color, too, because you're making love all day. So he's answering the question before he's... Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah. Um, I, I do favor the song done in 1988 with Bruce singing it. I like that one a lot better. But isn't it just Bruce, isn't it like the original band with just Bruce singing over the top? I mean, they re-recorded it. It's all re-recorded. Yeah. Uh, it so everything sounds a little, you know, with Martin Birch production a little bit. So it's. Seventh Son era, so it's got yeah. Seventh Son era production, so it sounds better. And of course, Bruce is better. 
than Diano. So I'd yeah. much rather hear the original, to be honest. I was just thinking, this has been a big couple of weeks for you, Steve. Uh oh. Why? Yeah, yeah, you planned that because you found yeah. out what Welcome to the Pit meant. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the other week. Accident of birth. <laughs> this um, is this is what not reading the lyrics for thirty five like, or thirty eight years will do. Starting to go through your adolescence now and then some mm. things. Yeah. Um. I'm in my prepubescent stage of the podcast at this point. Oh, this could get messy. <laughs> it already has. It already has because you know why <laughs> her drawers are of color, too. <laughs> okay, so uh, Kirsty, the next song is Killers. Yeah. Next song is Killers. Yes. Let's, let's talk about Killers a little bit. Okay, well, like we've re- we reviewed Whew. this album together, <laughs> me and you, didn't we, in, earlier in the year? That's and true. we ranked tri- title tracks this year as well, so mm, third girl. You should know. You should know how I feel about this. Do you remember? You like it? I do. Uh, um. Anyway, here's what I do love about it. So it was and from a masterpiece it is, album. It yes. Okay. Well, this song's a masterpiece. Just everything about it is good. Okay. The drum and the bass intro, followed by the jangly guitar arpeggio that builds attention. Paul screams. The harmonics, yeah. you know, I love the harmonics, and that is even before the verse kicks in. Um, I love the energy of this era. The middle section's awesome, and the two solos fit really well. So, yeah, love it. Matthew, I would cut and paste what Kirsty just said. Yeah, this, oh, this song's on point all over the place. This has a really sinister sound to it, and that's what I really like. That bass intro at the start of this. Oh, it's just the whole vibe about it. It's a creepy song. And the, the aggressiveness in the solos, too. I love both of the solos in this. Like Dave's little riff that he does. It's funny. I was thinking about that sliding riff. It's yeah. very unique. They, I was like, it's funny that they've never rehashed something like that in one way or another ever again. It was just a one-off thing. Uh, but no, this is one of my favorite tracks. And I don't. I was thinking about it today. Is it a Paul track for me or a Bruce track when I've heard it live? And I think I prefer the, as much as I like the Bruce version when I've heard it live, I think this is Paul's, oh, I want to say masterpiece. Okay. But well, it really fits him, doesn't it? It really does. Like his, his little screams and everything, he is really, really good in this. And mm. I think this is a top track. I'm surprised. I've read some things recently where people hadn't really rated this as a track, and it just surprises me because it's got everything. But no, it's a good one. Yeah, this is one of the tracks that I do find I would prefer to hear, uh, at least going back to, say, Made in Japan. I would rather hear the Diano version, the live version, because mm-hmm. you know, Bruce becomes raspy Bruce when he tries to emulate some of it. And it, it's just it was two different sets of, you know, two different types of vocalists. And and Bruce did what he had to do to make it work, obviously. I mean, he does make it work. But I do prefer it a little bit better with Paul. Um, it's it's a good song. I, I just I don't know if it's old age creeping in or whatever. And and it's also the fact that I'm not a huge huge fan of uh, you know the earliest era, the earliest incarnation of Iron Maiden. But I, I tend to I like the song. I think it's a really good song. But um, and you did add that little thing that that I, I didn't know Dave was playing it, but that. <laughs> that that is a really mm-hmm. unique thing. You're right. They haven't ever really 
you've never heard that in another song, but I guess that's because they got a lot more uh, sophisticated moving forward and they're, you know, like kind of, uh, I don't know, the, the, the edge, that initial edge disappeared really in a way, really, really in a way it did. I'd say by, mm-hmm. I'd say by peace of mind, that edge was completely gone, you know, maybe that edge went away with Clive Burr. I don't know. But uh, either way, mm, good point. yeah, it's possible. But either way, you know, um, because you got a more sophisticated drummer too, I guess. But but I, I do like this song. Uh, I do like that little slidey thing. The lyrics are really gruesome, you know, and it does. It is a pretty sinister song, like Matt said. So uh, yeah, I do enjoy this song. I really my favorite version of it is on Made in Japan. So that's what I have to say about that. Now we're moving on to. Gangland, Kirsty. Yeah, Gangland is so underrated. It is. First of all, the intro's awesome. That drum solo okay. is so, so good. And it's a really fast song. It's got great drumming throughout. And there's just something about the chords on this song. I think I feel like some of the choices are a bit unexpected. And I feel the same way about The Prisoner. I don't really know how to describe it. I think it's just a diminished chord, but maybe it's just the tone and the feel of the album. So the guitars sound great on this album. And the bridge is really nice too, uh, with that key change. And the song itself is like a short, energetic banger, and Bruce gives such a good performance, especially with the speed of the song. And he gets some really good screams in. Mm-hmm. So, But I do have a real negative about it. At this song, which is that there's an empty space where Dave Solo should be, and I can't believe that got through. Yeah. So yeah, I do like Gangland, so I think that would make the number of the beast a masterpiece. Ooh. Matthew, what about you? I do like that empty space that's there, as it turns out. I'd never really thought about it before, but it, I do like it. Uh, I like this track. It took me a while to grow to this and I was thinking about it today. I, was like, I think it's just the position of one for where it is. You know, it's jammed between a couple of monster or between a few monster tracks. And, you know, it can't stand up to that. But everything else, yeah, the, the drums, like you I love Clive's drumming anyway. I think he's great or he was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bruce is good on this. The guitars sound good. Everything was good. The only problem that I have with this song when I was listening to it, because I know it's, it's like a, I don't mean B grade in a bad way. It's a second tier song. It's still strong, but it's not, you know, it's not Number of the Beasts. It's not Render the Hills. It's not Hallowed, but it's sandwiched between them. It's a pretty unfortunate place to be. But during the chorus, I think where the guitar follows the vocal melody, and I always have a problem when that that happens, and that's what weakens this track for me in that one little area. But the rest of it, the verses... Uh, the chorus itself, you know, Bruce singing it, I don't mind. I think it's good, but I really like the guitar in this. And um, no, I like it. It's just, it's album, it's um, song placement on this for me that just kind of hurts it a little. But I still think it's a very good, solid track. It's one I like. I know it's very, very underrated, but is what it is. It's good. Well, think about it. You're you're a song, and here's here. You know, it's like a you're. It's like you're on a baseball team. Let's just imagine or a soccer team or a basketball team, whatever you're gangland, right? You're a pretty damn good player, but then, then, you know, you're the first guy at the practice. You thinking, man, there's no way I'm not starting in this game. And then children of the Dan walks in and you're like, Oh, cool, man. We got a, 
man, we got a heavy hitter, man. We got one of the best out there. And then you're sitting there thinking everything's still cool. And then, uh, then 22 Acacia Avenue walks in. You're like, okay, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Then, then the number and the beast and run to the hills walk in together. And you're like, okay, I'm still on the court. <laughs> <laughs> and then hallowed be thy name walks in and you're just like, dang. And then, you know, then the, of course, I know you guys favor the prisoner more than I do, but the prisoner comes in too. And you're just like, man, I guess, I guess second string's not so bad. You know, I'm on a pretty good team. You win a champion, you win a championship with this team here, right? All right. So I, I think that's an interesting way to think of it. But, um, I would I, go hang out with invaders if it was me. Yeah. You're sitting on the, you're, you're going to be sitting on the bench with invaders and then maybe the prisoner. <laughs> You know, while the five guys are on the court and y'all will be the three subs and you got three really good subs, you know, Mm -hmm. um, my favorite part of this song is the, uh, the, uh, bridge part, you know, where it says, once you were glad to be free for a while, Mm -hmm. that, that bit, the way, the way he, you know, pulls the, uh, the, it gets a little cleaner with the vocals and just, it's, but the whole song, the, the pace never lets up on this. Now this was written by Adrian Smith and Clive Burr. So, and I know, and I can't believe Kirsty didn't mention this, but something that really gave this song a boost in my eyes was probably two and a half years ago, Adrian Smith started something on Twitter that he started and finished the same time day. He only did it once, <laughs> but he went on. Was tw- he in lockdown, wasn't he? I yeah. guess they just let him out and he got life again. Yeah. And he went on there and he, he basically played the song you know, on the album and then played along with it with guitar. Like you could hear his guitar playing along and you could see him messing up every now and then. And he'd kind of make a little face. that was kind of funny, but you could see that he was having a really good time playing it. And it was like, when I saw that, it was like, it was like, wow, that, 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 that's a lot better than I thought. You know, it gave it a little bit more of a edge than I had thought of before. So I really do. I really like this song. I think it's a lot better, but like Matt mentioned, I mean, you're if this if this album was a basketball team. I mean, it is a star-studded basketball team you're playing with. So, um, you know, when people want to talk about masterpiece albums and maybe a second-tier song on an album, this is a good second-tier song. So, uh, speaking of second-tier songs, <laughs> some some songs wish they could aspire to be second-tier. Yeah, and and let me add this, I. When I when we when we decided to do this episode, I literally you know it was a couple weeks ago. Kirsty was back from her uh, holiday. I was back. Uh, Matt was back. We were all you know we, t- uh, we last week you had power issues last week too, Matt. And so yeah. it was just me and Kirsty that well two weeks ago. And so I sent Kirsty like I said, hey, what are we gonna do next week? I really don't, haven't really. You know, I just been kind of swamped since I got back with work and trying to, you know, just stuff going on at home. And I sent Kirsty a bunch of ideas and I sent you the same ideas and y'all both kind of said, yeah, that seventh thing might be interesting. So, yeah, uh, I kind of wasn't that interested when I looked at it as an idea. But then when I saw that we've got everything from title tracks and singles mm -hmm. to songs we don't normally give as much thought to. Yeah, um, I thought, oh yeah, that's that's good, such a, and also you know, yeah, a lot of them we don't ever really think about much, but this track that's just coming up, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I don't think we've talked about anything as much as this. Yeah, uh, I literally 
was when I made the playlist and I saw that this was on and I was like, oh God, really? Yeah. Again? And then I was like, oh, did you just pick this so you can crap all over it for the 18th <laughs> week running or was it a coincidence? Matt, what do you think are the chances that Quest for Fire is not number 17 on my list? Uh, I wanted to say it's not number 17 on my list. But what would you say? What would you say the chances are that it's number 17 on my list? 100%. Yeah, I think it's a pretty safe bet that this is um, this is a strong foundation for the rest of the list. <laughs> <laughs> You've totally got like, some irrational hatred for it. So should we... We've spoken enough about this song in the recently, so we just skip it and go to the next song. I just do yeah. have something I do want to say about it, though. Okay, go ahead. Apart from, I feel like it's growing on me. Oh, you know, um, it's funny you say that. After all the talk on this, I, this song was running yeah. through my head. I don't know how many times I catch myself seeing it in my head, and it wasn't a happy place to be. Yeah. But what I was thinking was the other day, I was thinking about how it might be good as a um instrumental and then you said it on the waffle zone like the next day mm-hmm. well i mean it's only good for an instrumental just because, because the melodies are so bad. It's, it's just really fun isn't it but yeah the vocal melody is kind of awkward and then oh let me ask forces you them to do a falsetto i just want to clear something up Kirsty, because i'm i'm pretty sure you said this before but i just want to make sure and be crystal clear on this mm-hmm. i know matthew i want to ask both of you a yes or no question Kirsty. Quest for Fire, as bad as we think it is, do we think it is bad because of the melodies in the song? Yes. Matthew, do we think it's bad because of the melodies in the song? That was always my problem, yes. Do you know what this song is missing? I was thinking about today. Or what would have helped it? Some gang vocals. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. Might as well, if you're going to skip it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I did have some nice things to say about it. I, I like it. Yeah, okay, so go do ahead. I. Go I, ahead, Matt. I'm going to say the bass line is awesome. What were you going to say, Matt? Yeah, the bass line is pretty good. Uh, did it? It could have used some gang vocals. Gang and vocals. really, you think it, gang vocals would have helped it? Yeah, you yeah. Think, you think gang vocals would have helped it? Gang vocals. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Gang vocals would not have hurt it. Gang vocals? Like, Are you serious? Gang vocals. Gang vocals. Baby. Are you saying gang vocals over and over? All day long. Gang vocals. You're saying gang vocals. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Gang vocals? Houston, we have a problem. Gang vocals it is. Okay. That's, I've got stuff to do this afternoon. Kirsty, tell us about Power Slave. Seem to be stuck in a loop. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Again, um, we've covered Power Slave quite recently on title tracks, and I think I said it was perfect. But, yeah, I'll say a bit more. Mm, so okay. it's just got a fantastic theme, fantastic lyrics, awesome heavy Egyptian style riffs, great chorus. Um, obviously, my favourite thing about it of all is the solos. So, so we've got Dave and Steve playing together, mm. which is awesome. Um, one of the best things ever that I may have done. And then the build up to Adrian's faster, heavier solo, and then second solo from Dave. All together, it's just absolutely awesome. And the song ends really well, and Bruce does a great performance. Yeah, absolutely brilliant song. Matthew? This is a song that doesn't need gang vocals. No, <laughs> uh, who doesn't like Power Slave, really? Uh, it may not be everyone's favourite. 
and I'll put my hand up. It's not my favourite, but I tell you what, it's right up there. Mm-hmm. From the start to the end of this song is just solid. I love that little laugh at the start, you know, that groan, and it's just deceptive. It'll just twist into that evil laugh, and it just sets the tone of this, that that Eastern flavorish riff that they do. Like you talked about uh, Dave's solo, Adrian solo. This is the reason I got a bass guitar when I was at 14 or 15. I pleaded with my parents if I could get one. And it was all to do with that little um, part that Steve plays under Dave's solo in the middle of the track. And Dave's got two contrasting solos in this. This is like a real flavorful one, that slower one. And then where he's just, you know, frenetic later on. But one of my favorite Adrian solos is in this. And the subject matter, this paints a picture lyrically that I really, really like. And it's always been a strong track. Um, the harmonies into this as well, it's, it's outstanding. Nico's drumming's on point as well. I don't think you'd find too many people that would say that they didn't like this track. And if they did, well, just like Eddie, you need a lobotomy. <laughs> yeah, this <clears throat> this song is perfect. It's, it's just so, you know, everything from that, that, sinister laugh that is now the end of uh back in the village which is so irritating not really it means you get to listen to the back of the village and go into something else that's cool i know but if you just let's just pretend you wanted to just play power slave and you turn it on and it literally starts with it dun did dun did dun did it even edits out that drum thing before it it's very annoying i never understood that but yeah that little intro is so good you know the 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 way it's sung, you know, the, the, the melodies, you know, the, into the abyss, all fall, the eye of horse, just though the whole melody of that is so good. The, the chorus is so good. Even the computerized or the sampled part that they play during the concert. Yeah. Ah, that's perfect. It's much better than them trying to ram some gang vocals onto that with, you know, <laughs> With with Steve and Adrian, who I will admit are better vocalists than I probably ever give credit for, as far as backing, but um, whatever. Yeah, the 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 one solo that I'm that always pops into my head from this song is just that that you know that y'all talk about the little bit where him and Dave are playing together, do 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 do, and bass. You know, he's doing all that stuff on the bass. Mm-hmm. That that solo he does right there during that slow part. I mean, it's. I mean, when you think of the pinnacle of Dave Murray, and that's the thing you think of that solo right there, pretty much. Yes, I mean it's one of them, and uh, but the song, yeah, it's just an it's got a great chorus, it's got great melodies all over, and the verses, pre-chorus, everything. So yeah, it's it's a really, really, really strong song, which leads us to the next album, Matthew, called Somewhere in Time. And that one has a track number seven called, wait a minute. I feel like I've been here before, Matthew. What am I supposed to say? I don't know. We know this. I know we know this. Yeah. I feel like we've done this before. I feel like we've had this conversation before. I feel like I know what's coming next. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had that conversation when you feel like you know what's coming next? Yeah. It feels prearranged. It feels, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. I, I know this has happened before and I know that this moment in time is surreal. So Kirsty, can you tell mm-hmm. me if you feel deja vu? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Worst intro it ever. Starts, <laughs> it starts off with a lovely slow Dave Murray intro. And then we're off. It's a nice riff. 
good fast pace it moves along really nicely and it's got lots and lots of really cool guitar licks and the dual guitar harmonies are lovely and the drums are great i don't think the vocal melody and the lyrics are brilliant they're good um well the lyrics aren't great um the chorus is a bit repetitive but bruce does a really good job with it and it's a short simple rocker very enjoyable but a little bit overrated on this podcast whoa matthew give matthew, me a sec curse get the defibrillator a... out please give me a second three two <laughs> one bam <laughs> you're back matt you're back you're back slap him in oh geez that was a punch to the throat I love this song. Dave Murray, Murray Magic. This is him. Oh. So like you say, you got that nice little Dave intro that we all get from also that we get from him. And then it's like, yep, it's a day at the races because you're off and running. Those harmonies just kick in. This is, if you're a Maiden fan, this is just soaked in harmonies. It's what you like. It's what you get. It's what you love. And yeah, Bruce is good. Are uh, the lyrics top notch? Maybe not. But I like his delivery. Um, everyone's good on this. I like the drumming. It's, it's interesting. I like the drumming in Somewhere in Time. And I know <laughs> it's been bandied around by certain people. Uh-oh. Tired album, tired band. Certainly not a tired song in this case. You know who you are. Uh, but no, it's always been one of my favorites. It's Some songs I gravitate towards certain instruments. Like Sometimes it's a bass, sometimes it's the drums in it. In this, it's all guitar and all the little licks mm. that are through it. Now, this is, uh, God, I think from the first time I heard this album, which was probably going back 30-something, like I can't even think when, late 80s for me because I didn't get into it straight away. Uh, but it was always a standout track, one of my favourites, and it's just never lost its place. It's mm, top tier for me. Love it. Yeah, the bit, you know, all the dual guitar mini lot. Uh, good. Guitar harmony. Guitar harmonies. No. No. Uh, yeah, guitar harmonies like guitar harmony line. Praise for it. That's not mm-hmm. a. That's not a. That's a made up word that I will not use. I accidentally said that. It, it <laughs> slipped. Get the guitar harmonies in this song though are so good, mm-hmm. you know. And then another bit. I mean, that's just a broad statement. But there's so many good. I, I listened to this earlier, and I'm just like, there's just so many great harmony lines everywhere. That whole bit where it's. That is, you know, and then you come in with another harmony, you know, and Nico's hitting those quick hits on the drum and the high, the cymbals and stuff. Oh, it's so good. Do you think this has the most harmonies of any of their tracks? I don't know. The loneliness of the long distance runner has a lot. Oh, true. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about it. I mean, there's there's a lot of them on this album. I mean, there's really a lot on this album, you know, for, for whatever Bruno has said about it being a tired band and all that stuff. I think that he's right. Uh, but what Dino added on top of a tired band making a, maybe a tired album is they were also in their peak prime, you know? So no matter how tired a top tier athlete is, they can usually, you know, pull up their bootstraps and make it through another song, you know, make it through another album and, and and then take a little bit of a break, which is what they needed. But um, yeah, this song is just so good. It's so good. Uh, I know Bruno doesn't like it. I think he's the only one that may not like it. But uh, but yeah, you know, every time Bruno starts coming up, you always kind of think, 
Feel like I've been here before. Feel like I've heard this before. But yeah, these lyrics, you know, the people that have kind of complained about these lyrics, I know they're not that great. Ever had a conversation that you realized you've had before? Isn't it strange? Have you ever talked to someone and you feel you know it's coming next? It feels prearranged. Do you think that Dino feels like this every time piece of uh, Quest comes up? Yeah. I feel like I've heard this before. Yeah. He, yeah he's always like, uh, when you hear familiar conversations, but you don't remember where you're from, he always thinks, <laughs> can they be wrong? <laughs> no. Do you know just I, what's coming next? Yeah, he, he does. He does know what's <laughs> coming next. I guarantee you when he turns this episode, he's going to immediately go, oh, Quest for Fire is song number <laughs> seven. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like I said, I didn't realize it till like three days ago when I made my list, started making the list, and I was like, oh, boy. Well, you but, said it to me. I was surprised. I never even gave it a thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just it, – it wasn't like Deja Vu on that one. But, yeah, Deja Vu, though, amazing song. I love it. I love it. So uh, – I wonder why they never played it live because, to me, this is something – unless it's the chorus, like it's not a real, real catchy chorus. But musically, I would have thought this killed live. I think, like – and it's really short. And- mm-hmm. They've got plenty of time for it. It would have fitted the Days of Future Past theme as well. But it really would maybe have. That's, so maybe, maybe people weren't clamoring to hear it. Mm, these people were in this seat. Mm-hmm. you dang right. So. <laughs> yeah, so next up, we have a song from Seventh Son, and it is The Clairvoyant. Correct, Kirsty? Correct. And once you talk about, I should have got you to send me the list of the songs beforehand, just to make sure nobody slipped up. But I know, I know. (laughs) Steve Harris's bass is just so good on this song. Um, This is a really nice intro by him. I I love it when all the other instruments join in. Um, It's a guitar melody at the beginning. It just sounds like a new dawn, which is um, like the same guitar line that's under the lyric where he says, I feel reborn again. That's something really triumphant about that. Yeah. And which is an awesome ending. And Bruce sounds great singing it, but um, I've got to the end already. <laughs> uh, this song's got some like typical maiden lyrics about, is this a dream? Which I really love. Um, I've heard you quote lyrics from this song many a time, actually, Steve. <laughs> Me? Um, this, yes. I feel like I've been here before. <laughs> <laughs> The chorus is so cool. It's a nice gallopy one, nice to sing along to. Interesting lyrics, and the solos on this are beautiful. And I, well, I think also, like we're going through these each song from each album. They've all got their own little sound, haven't they? Because they come from a different mm-hmm. album. And I just really love the way the guitars and keys sound on this album. So, yeah, that's going to be probably affect my ratings. Uh oh. But yeah, love it. I'm a little nervous right now, Kirsty, to ask Matthew what he thinks. Well, this song must be a it must be a masterpiece. Because it's on a masterpiece album. Okay. But having said that, uh, you know, I don't mind this song. It was I don't know if I would say it's probably I would find this almost the weakest track out of everything on Seventh Sun, uh, which is probably a bold statement for many. But having said that, you know, the standards are pretty high. And I don't mind the track. I listen to it. And the bass openings, it's good. 
But what I found interesting, and I only noticed it today, as much as, as I've heard this track, I'd never picked up on it. And I don't know what spurred it today, but it did. So that little intro, if you get the bass that comes in, and then that the rhythm guitar kick in before the next guitar melody kicks in. But that little section there's like, this reminds me of Tail Gunner. So I went off and... Yeah, have you noticed it before as well? I uh, no, but as soon as you said it, I heard I'm it. I'm noticing yeah. it now. You've said it. Yeah, yeah. And so I stopped listening to it. Went to Tail Gunner. Went back to Clairvoyant. Went back to Tail Gunner. As this sounds all, almost the same. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was an interesting little thing. Well, it sounds um, fun. I'm going to do that afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't usually pick up something like that, and why I did today, I don't know. But all that aside, uh, yeah, I don't mind this song. I do like the verses, and I do like Bruce, uh, Bruce's delivery. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons that I didn't care for this song as much, now having said that, it's still a good song, I just don't care for it as much as others, is when the guitar solos kick in, so Steve has a problem when things sound happy, and <laughs> This is a pretty brooding kind of song, I think, sometimes. Like, it's, uh, I'm not going to say it's sinister, but it's a darker toned track. But then it does these left turns that sound really happy again. Then mm. it's funny, funny, Kirsty, what you mentioned about, you know, I've been reborn again, where the music changes. Then I was like, yeah, that's, that's all the little parts of this that I don't like or I don't care for as much. But then having said that, it's still a solid song. Um, is it my favorite? No, certainly not, not from that album, but I can appreciate it. And I do like uh, I do like Bruce's singing in this a lot, but and the chorus is cool. The chorus is catchy, but it would never be a a go to song for me. Okay, um, yeah, I I think like what Matt said about the melodies is really true. Like the you know the way he sings, feel the sweat break on my brow, and you know I wonder why, I wonder how, and those melodies on those verses are really good, and then of course mm. the melody on there's a time to live and a time to die and just the kind of the whole bounce. Like, you know, you think of the old video for it, I think, or mm-hmm. where Steve is jumping on the stage and the whole crowd is jumping with him. And, um, and the only thing I don't like about this song is exactly what Matt pointed out. You know, that, uh, you know, like that, when he says, and be reborn, you know, that, but it doesn't bother me enough. It's not, it's not so happy that it's made me dislike this song. Now I'm with Matt too. Is it my favorite on the album? No, it's not my least favorite either, but, uh, does it fit it though? Like if you feel reborn, you're going to be happy. Sure. It does fit that line. It does fit that Mm -hmm. line. Uh, and yeah, my daughter has definitely heard there's a time to live and a time to die. <laughs> She's heard that yes. whole chorus. <laughs> well, you, quite you come to my house and pick me up to that song. Yeah, I knew Matt had said to me before, and this is, guys, probably two years ago now, the first time we ever, eh, it would have been the second time we met in person, but the yeah. first time you met Sarah in person. And mm-hmm. I knew that Matt had made a comment recently to me at that time about the clairvoyant. So I went ahead and made sure that it was queued up in the car, that as soon as he got in, it was... The baseline bit and all that. And Matt gets in, and I just let it play, and then it took him a minute, he finally went. Like he was like, oh, nice one, or something. Whatever he said. But yeah, I like that one, so. Next up, let's see, from No Prayer for the Dying. And Kirsty, you know, I gotta say, I could not believe the luck we had you know we had quest for fire and then from no prayer for the dying we had hooks in you i mean i 
what what what's the luck that you get two of the least best Iron Maiden songs all uh, Is it hooks in is it hooks in you? I didn't have hooks in you. Oh, I've no, got that's... Running, silent run deep. No, that's right. I, I just said that uh, because you just bait said and switch. Yeah, you just literally said that you hoped we got everything right. So I thought, eh, I'll just mess the next one up on purpose. So mm. Good sell. It's a good sell then. I mean, okay. I would have been ready to go on Hooks and You. I've got plenty to say about that. I was ready to agree with all the people on YouTube. You could go back to that time whenever you had, you could go rebut everything you said that one time you had to say nice things about it to Matt when he first came back. <laughs> oh, that's right. So yeah, run silent, run deep, Kirsty. What do you think? I think this is actually all right. And um, I forget because I don't play No Prayer for the Dying that often. And when I see it there, I think, oh, submarines. And then I think of Dive, Dive, Dive <laughs> from Tati Millionaire. And I think I don't like it, but no, it's not that one. Um, it's got a really nice intro. It sets the scene, good little rhythm. Chorus is pretty good. I like the riff after the second chorus that comes just before the solos. I think there's a really good rhythm under the solos. Dave's solo is pretty good. It's got some dual guitar harmonies. That's a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Um, the last chorus feels a little bit rushed for Bruce. Um, but the ending's really nice. It's got like, really slowed down, clean singing. Um, it's a pretty good song. It wouldn't be a go-to for me, but it's very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Matt? I like No Prayer for the Dying. And I like Run Silent, Run Deep. I like Raspy Bruce, and I get some Raspy Bruce on this. I like the subject matter. Um, I like, yeah, I pretty much like everything about this song. This is like Power Slave. Power Slave uh, paints a picture, a vivid picture, and this certainly does for me. Like I was driving around here and telling my son about this because I was listening to it at um, the car today, and so he thought it was cool. It's about you know, submarines and submarine warfare. But some of the lyrics in this, I just think are really cool as well. Uh, you know, pin some metal on your chest and then two more weeks, you're dead like the rest. Uh, it's just, it's bleak, but it's a bleak reality. Uh, no, there's some awesome little solos here and this and the harmonies, melodies. I like it. That chugging riff that goes along to me, it just suits the, the subject matter that, I can just imagine the submarine engines just chugging along, chugging along, and this fits it perfectly. And then, you know, Bruce's snarly, venom-laced lyrics, it just makes it almost perfect, this track. And I think this is a track, yeah, I do want to listen to this. If I think of the album, this is what I want to hear, or this is the track that will take me to the album. So, no, this is a um, one of my faves. Okay. When, when I was listening to this today, when he says – on the way down to Davy Jones, it made me think of a different song lyric where he says, engineer wishing he was home in bed, dreaming about Casey Jones. And I was just like, oh, I need to listen to um, that again. When he says Davy Jones, it makes me think of the when Talking Maiden talked about this um, song. It was so funny. It's been a long time Because one of them ago. actually hated it. Yeah, I bet it would Didn't, be. Josh, that, Josh that would hate that. Favorite bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it was Josh. Yeah, so Kirsty's right on this one. It does have that that nice intro. Uh, the melodies are good in the, uh, you know, when he says, like, convoy lights are dead ahead, merchant men lay in their bed. Uh, the chorus, uh, I'm not a, I don't love, 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 you know, how high he gets on running, silent, running. You know, he gets a little too much. Like, he to me, 
he kind of goes a little too high, but I guess that's probably the way it was written for him. Uh, the lyrics, like Matt said, the lyrics are really strong in this song. Uh, I mean, there's a there's like there's a line in here that says, uh, "Obeying an order, men have to die. Us or them, a well rehearsed oh, lie. You know, mm-hmm. like like doesn't matter. It, you have to be on the right side of that to be. It's a great line. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, but then there, I like the uh, that there's that dual lead line with uh, Yannick and Dave, where it's like that. And then it goes into that lifeboat shattered, the horror is torn. You know that bit? I really, that's a good Hang on, can you say that line again? Can you, can you, do you have the camera on, Matt? No, I'm wondering if, I don't think you said what I thought you said, but. I said the lifeboat shattered, the hole is torn. Maybe I said it wrong. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. What did you think I said, Matt? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah, okay. We don't. We say. probably. This is a, probably supposed to be a PG pod uh, podcast. So I don't. Well, let's just keep it that way. I was sure I heard something different. It's okay. Okay. Well, you can message. You can text me or Twitter me later. I'm sure you're probably on Twitter right now, so you could probably send it to me there. I can confirm. Hey, what? you can confirm he's on Twitter or that he's the. Oh I'm, yeah, he's been pretty active on Twitter in the last couple of hours. Okay. Yeah, but not in the last twenty minutes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I do like this one as well. I do like this one as well. And it's for what people think is a bad album. You know, a lot of people will say, oh, No Prayer's the worst album they ever made. Man, you're missing out. So there's there's some weird songs on there. You know, like to me, the one-two of Tail Gunner and Holy Smoke may not be the best one-two, but there's a lot of good stuff on that album. So uh, as Matt would tell you, once that album gets its hooks in you, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Uh, just don't listen to that song or else you'll, you know, two more weeks, you'll be dead like the rest. <laughs> uh, let's see. The next album is Fear of the Dark. And from Fear of the Dark, we have the first song Matt ever heard from Fear of the Dark that told him what a great album this was going to be. Oh, yeah, baby. The Fugitive. <laughs> so, Kersey, why don't you? No, you know what? Matt, why don't you tell us first about The Fugitive? The Fugitive. Yes, I've told this little story before. I'd gone into the city, and I think it was on a Friday afternoon after school, and they were playing this because the album was going to be released on the Monday, and they would let you listen to it in the, the headphones. So I went and put it on, and I didn't know what was what that I was listening to, but I heard the little bass part at the start of the song and on a cold October morning, you know, the frost lay on the ground, and I, that might have been all I listened to. I was like, I don't want to hear any more. Like, I was excited about it. I thought, this sounds really cool. Wait, <laughs> little, is it little true? did I know. Is it true that you, when you first heard that, you thought it was Tribuzi? Uh, no, I don't think I did think that at all, actually. <laughs> okay, no, go nice ahead. try. Go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> nice try. Go ahead. Mate, you, you keep ripping on Tribuzi. That's some good stuff on there. Oh, no, I love that one song. What's that one song I love so much by them, Kirsty? None. Is it called None? Days of Future Past. Yeah, that one. That's a banger. <laughs> anyway... Back to some rubbish. Uh, no, the future. <laughs> uh, We're talking Iron Maiden here, man. Come on. Uh, okay, I'll be nice. So back to some trash. <laughs> uh, God, this is a hard listen. I, I listened to it today, and I, I've listened to it during the week as well, because I don't go to Fear of the Dark. I'll go to certain songs on it, maybe, the ones I really like, and this is not one of the ones I really like. Mm-hmm. But I was set up. I was, uh, how would I put it? I was deceived. I heard something that I thought was going to be really cool. 
Mm-hmm. And admittedly, I did like this when the album first came out, and I think it was because I had that first taste where I was like, "Oh, this is interesting." Maybe against <laughs> maybe being against, at the wrong place and at, at the, the wrong time. time. <laughs> Them taking my money was the crime. <laughs> that's uh, when you were. Sus- that's when Maiden was suspected of a hit. <laughs> yeah, I was an imbecile. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Ah, oh, yeah, I don't care for this song. It was one of my favorites at the time, but I think it's just because there's not a lot of good stuff on here, really. Uh, <laughs> and maybe it's just, it's hard to even talk about this. I think it might just be the chorus, that it's a lackluster chorus, because there are some parts in here that are cool. There's some big drum sounds in there that I like. I don't mind the verses. And some of the, you know, the solos and the melodies are okay. I think it's really just a weak chorus. But... You know, is it the worst track out of this list? Certainly not. Um, but it's not one of the stronger tracks either. It's just kind of, it's kind of forgettable. If I was thinking of tracks off of Fear of the Dark, this might not even come to mind anymore. There's some interesting parts, but just not enough to keep me engaged. Okay. What about you, Kirsty? Well, um, looking at my notes, I've got very similar feelings to Matt on this one. Because... I was pretty excited by the intro. I think that's really good. A nice drumming. It definitely makes me want to hear what's coming. And then when he sings on a cold October morning as Frost lay on the ground, you think, oh, a story. I think it's mm. going to be really good. <laughs> and then and then that verse is just not quite as good as promised. And the chorus isn't brilliant. It's okay. I do like the solos very much and the musical passage between them, but I think probably – not as much as I would on other songs, maybe just because it's on here. Uh, it's not a great song. I do think it is one of the better songs on Fear of the Dark, though. But, yeah, I wouldn't choose to put it on. That's uh, that's pretty telling, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, okay, well, uh, let's see. So we got The Fugitive. See if you can prop it up for us. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the drums sound cool when you first turn it on, you know, and you, you know, the lyric. I mean, it kind of starts off with it. You know, it sounds like okay, this is this might be pretty good, you know. And, but Bruce is it's raspy Bruce, so I'm not. You know, it's just the, I don't know. Just the melodies are okay. You know the the. I mean, I'm I'm just kind of scanning the lyrics here too. I mean. The chorus is okay. You know, I'm a fugitive being hunted down like game, <laughs> but I've got to clear my name. But I'm, yeah, that's literally the whole chorus mm-hmm. right there. Um, like melody's all the same. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's, it's not a terrible song or anything, but it's like you said, I mean, it's not on a very good album and it's just not a very, it's a decent song on a lackluster album. So that's, that's, that probably sums it up best for me. Oh, I think that's, I'm not going to say high, high praise, but I think that's being pretty generous and favorable for it. <laughs> it's something to, so um, yeah. the next album uh, from the X Factor, I'm sorry, I meant to say the next album is the X Factor. We have Judgment of Heaven from the X Factor, Kirsty. Okay, this is a, a really nice song. Um I love the way it begins and it's got thoughtful lyrics and a really nice vocal melody and the chorus is one of the better choruses. 
The midsection's nice, but solo's just flat out bonkers. It's just Yannick just playing as many notes as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of missing Adrian here because I think it should have been something more emotional given the theme of the song. And as much as I love Blaze and the X Factor, it's not my favourite Blaze performance. It almost sounds like the verses are a little bit deep for him. Mm-hmm. It just sounds a little bit flat. And sometimes he does some yeah, yes, and they're a little bit annoying. Um, <laughs> so so I think it's a very good song, but um, it's it's got some bits of it that take me out of it. Matthew? Hmm. I don't mind this song. You know, we... It X Factor. It's all headspace for me. If I'm in a good mood and I can listen to it and think one thing if I'm in a foul mood and you know, I think something else. It's it's a interesting album, if nothing else. Uh and I get the remarks about it's one of the things I, I put here. I get the remarks about him sounding flat, especially like in the chorus. But I don't mind that. Uh he throws out a couple of convincing yeah yeahs. <laughs> it mm. just amuses me. It's just mm. um but it shouldn't, should it? In that I, I, know it I know it shouldn't. <laughs> it's, it's silly little things like that. They can make me smile. They can change the direction of a song. Uh, I, don't, I don't mind the middle section of all this. It There was parts of this, the general structure of it, reminded me of things that we're going to hear in the next album. So I can hear the progression melodically, the way they go through. You know, like, oh, not in this song. I was probably thinking of the next track. But where it's very staccato-ish, stop, start, stop, start. Uh, but yeah, I like the melodies in this. And I think this is a track where you get out of it what you want. If you want to hear something and enjoy it, you can. There's pieces there. You know, you can take away from it and enjoy. But if you don't want to like it just because it's Blaze and, and whatever, then you're not going to like it. It's all it's all perceptional on this. I don't mind. Is it the best song out there? Certainly not. But it's um, far from the general dissatisfaction that most people seem to get from it. I don't mind it. I think it's okay. The stepping stone for Blaze, it's a part of a learning curve for him. Sure, so. sure. Um, I remember I listened to this song. We reviewed this album, Kirsty, right? Yeah, we did. And I remember, I think I think I told this story on, the, on that episode, but I was in the car with Sarah, with my daughter, and I remember we were playing this song, and of, of about four or five songs in a row that played, she goes, I really like this one. And I remember thinking, wow, okay. You know, because I like kind of everything on like To me, everything is, there's a lot of similarities to it, you know, with all the slow intros and everything. But like on this song in particular, I really, really like the chorus. I really like the way he sings it. It sounds like he's got some passion in what he's singing. You know, and then there's that bit toward the end where it's, I don't know if you, what you would call it. It's not the chorus, but it's where he's like going, all of my life mm. now I have believed. Like, that's really, like, it's, I don't know. There's just something really magical about the way that sounds and the way he sings it's that. Vibrant. Yeah. Um, lyrically, the song is very, uh, very, very dark. You know, very honest, too. So uh, definitely give it some props for that. I don't necessarily love the melodies in the in the verses here, but I really do like the music and the and the in the chorus. The like the the way he sings the chorus. I like. I think all that works really well. So it's uh it's not the greatest and it's not the worst. Uh, but I do I don't mind listening to it. It's not it's not one I would skip. So so that leads us to the next album. 
X Factor. I'm sorry, not X Factor. Uh, virtual Eleven. I'm sorry. It's uh, I haven't had enough rest as usual. <laughs> as Kirsty mm-hmm. always knows, and never enough rest here. It's a bad day whenever you wake up and you have a message from Kirsty that says, "Have you wakened from awoke from your nap yet?" <laughs> <laughs> which which did happen today, Matthew. Apparently, she was uh, she was getting the um, getting the skinny, the lowdown from uh, from Auntie Steve. So, gotcha. So the next song is "Don't Look to." I keep wanting to say next album. I mean to say next song. The next song is "Don't Look to the Eyes of a Stranger" from Virtual Eleven. Kirsty, what do you think of that one? Okay. Um, all right. Well, it starts off with a really nice slow intro and Blaze singing softly, and it sounds like something really good is coming. Uh, I like the use of the synths. Uh, when it speeds up, it's pretty good. I like the vocal melody of the verses. It slows right down with the choruses, which is okay. And then it slows down even more. And the don't look to you section is extremely long and repetitive, and it makes the song drag. I can't believe it's only eight minutes long. <laughs> um, they just speed up after that, um, which I'm not sure really fits the song, but it's a welcome change and it sounds a bit more maidenly and wakes me up a bit. Yannick went absolutely crazy with his soloing, trying to put some life into it. And that's no criticism. Um, then, so it's really, really long. And then just, about when I thought he was finished, we get one more mad don't look to the eyes of a stranger. Look, none of it sounds unpleasant, but I would skip this. Okay. What about you, Mr. Matt? Yeah, it's interesting. So I think I started off, I liked this song when the album first came out. And then I was like, oh, I don't care for this song. I go back and forth on it. And at the moment, I'm on a... I'm riding high on this. I don't mind this again at the moment. Okay. So the fact that they say, you know, they're probably concerned that you don't know what the name of the song is, so they've said it 45 <laughs> different times. Well, it does make no sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. You might wonder if you heard it right the first time. It's like, what is it? Uh, the Angel and the Gambler's Little Brother. Um, oh, golly. Well, I just... would much rather listen to The Angel and the Gambler. Oh, would you? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. No, I take this. So sometimes I really get into the build. Yeah, he does keep saying it over and over again, but everything's building around it to that, all that melody that he's in the middle section and the solos and all. So I think there's a payoff to all that build. Uh, Yeah, I don't mind it. I think this is a song where haters going to hate. You know, if you don't like it, you're not going to like it, but there's plenty of stuff to get out of this song as well. Um, Is it one of the best songs out there? Certainly not. Is it one of the worst? No. And that's not to sound. Is that all you've got to say, a blaze? It's just the way it is. It's one of those mid-tracks. It's, you know, it's fine. It does what it does. I don't mind it. I think it's okay. It's hard. It's, it's not It's not a stellar track, but it's not a bad track. It's just kind no, of... No, I just like how you started, <laughs> I, you started out with, I'm riding high on this one, and then it's like, well, I it. it's not stellar. It's okay. No, it, it, I mean, because I, sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. Well, because just... I can get that because it starts off really good and then tails off. Okay, well, for me, um, yeah, I like the way it goes at the start. It's Lyrically, I don't think it's the best, but I don't mind the melodies, you know? It's like, the lyrics mm-hmm. didn't really ruin it for me. Uh, you know, the, the melodies aren't... Let's see. I feel like it, 
he's trying to sing too fast on the melodies. You know, he's like, feel someone's watching you. You got to get away. I mean, but the lyrics are not that great. So Steve Harris didn't write some good lyrics here. Um, I do like the, I do like the melody on the chorus. It doesn't bother me. You know, don't look to the eyes of a stranger, don't look to the eyes of a fool. I, I don't think that bothers me. Um, now, it's funny because Kirsty hates this part, apparently. The the slowdown part where he starts whispering, <laughs> I really enjoy that. Like that whole that whole long, long buildup of it, I really do like that. Like to me, that is it the I mean, we're talking Iron Maiden, so you know, they're the the bar is set super high for Iron Maiden, but I do enjoy it. I mean, I, I can sit there and listen to that and it really and then the musical thing that happens at the end isn't the greatest, but I don't dislike it either. And I think the thing that happens at the very end where he says, don't look to the Astrophage real fast. I don't, this is one place. So God help me for saying this where I'm going to agree with Dino on, on his little group think thing. I don't think people thought as badly of this until they heard uh, Nesbitt go on about it, how he kind of, you know, made fun of how it, it's off time and it doesn't sound right. I'm like, I don't know that it was supposed to sound perfectly together. I mean, obviously this album has its flaws as far as production and, you know, like things like sometimes it seems like there's supposed to be a dual guitar solo somewhere. And there's only one, like it just seems like they didn't give it the time it deserved. Like maybe they already had spoken to Bruce or maybe they had already heard chemical wedding and accident of birth and were already planning it, you know, Rod Smallwood was just like, hey, hey, just don't don't waste your time. Just don't worry about mixing that. Let's go. Come on. Let's get out on tour. Let's get this over with. Let's finish this era of the band, you know. But um, I do like this song, and yeah, I wouldn't skip it. So um, I definitely you, like it more than Kirsty. How do you feel about Nico's drumming on this? Uh, Yeah, Nico's drumming on this sounds like it's somebody else playing drums. It, it, it almost sounds like. You know, somebody, and I think maybe I heard that on Talking Maiden as well, where they said a lot of a lot of stuff on that album sounds like it, it's not Nico. And I wonder about that at times. Like, I think the Klansman sounds like Nico, because you can hear lots of little fills going on and things. Yeah. But there's certain songs where, the, the bit where it's like, you know, where it's like, mm-hmm. like that, that's kind of, it's, it's, it's a little... It just doesn't sound as well thought out or well executed, but I don't mind it. Like after I've heard it enough, I'm kind of like, ah, it's okay. It's cool. It's kind of fun. So, so yeah, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be championing this song. Y'all might not like where it shows up in my rankings. I'll say that. Mm. So, uh, which leads us to the, uh, God, we got to, it leads us to here to (laughs) the Bruce Dickinson era of the band again. We got the Fallen Angel from Brave New World. Kirsty, what do you think of the Fallen Angel? Well, I mean, because it's like on Brave New World, and it's got Bruce and Adrian back, and everything. Obviously, that's gonna affect. I'm gonna like it more than the last <laughs> song, obviously already. Um, but it's got it's got a cool intro again. Like nearly all of the songs, I can say that nearly all every song by I Maiden starts off really well. And it's nice and lively. It's got some dual guitar harmonies. It's a very short intro. You get straight into it. It's got lots of energy. And it's really good to hear that bass clacking away. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got really nice short verses. An awesome pre-chorus. The chorus has got a good melody. And it's kind of got something to say. Like, you know, it's not just this 
the um, title repeated or whatever. Um, it's a really nice vocal harmonies. I love the added guitar lick under the chorus. Adrian and Dave do a really nice pair of solos that fit together so well. So you think, yeah, great to have them back. But then they give Yannick a really good long one and he, he knocks it out of the park as well. So I think that's really great. But that's kind of me talking about the album. There's okay. a massive long note from Bruce at the end as well. It's a stomper. I like this song a lot. Okay. What about you, Matt? I think this is a very good song. I would call this a second-tier track, but it's a strong track. And the only reason I say it's second-tier is because... For Brave New World? Yeah. For, for Brave New... No, no, for Brave New World. Like mm. I, I like this track, like, outright, but is it a Wicker Man? Well, yeah, is it a Wicker Man? Is it a Ghost of the Navigator or something like that or a Brave New World? No, but then that's also what I like about it, that it's not one of those tracks. Um it's you know one of the deeper cuts but yeah all the melodies and those little guitar licks that you were talking about under the <laughs> under the chorus i love that i think it's really creative really interesting bruce sounds great in this as well but i, I love that chugging when this song starts off that it's got a heavy riff to it and this would never be a skipper this is one of my favorite tracks on here like i don't listen to wicker man you know, I like the second half of this album a whole lot more, probably from about here on to the end. And I think this is a top track for me. I like it a lot. Okay. Yeah, I think this, this song, it does start out heavy. You know, and when Matt says it's a second tier track, it's I, it makes me think like you go, okay, what if you're the eighth best player on the world championship team of whatever sport you're talking Mm-hmm. Talk again. No, no, no. But but whatever. But but I'm just saying, if you're the eighth best <laughs> yeah. player on a world championship, anything, you're pretty damn good. If let's just say it here, let me put it like this: if you're the sixth best musician in Iron Maiden, you're still pretty damn good, right? Yeah. Some of those nice. other tracks are just cast a big shadow, and this just falls within sure, the shadow. Sure. Yeah, I think uh, the lyrics are pretty decent on this one. I think the the melodies are good. You know that the the pre-chorus that you and only God will know. You know what can mm-hmm. be done. That that's cool. Uh, the chorus is cool. Could it be it's the end of our world and the thing that we cherish? And love? that's cool. Um, I really like this song a lot more than I usually think I do because again, it's on an album with like just a bunch of amazing, amazing tracks, and you kind of go, ah, yeah, this one's not as good. And then you really just take it separately from the rest of the tracks, and you go. You know what? Everything on this album is really good. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I do like this one as well. I do like this one as well. Now, Matthew. Oh, it gets tough. gets tough for you because we're going to go to a track. Now, not only for you, but this is a tune that was co-written by Nico McBrain. It is called... So that's cool, isn't it? Because we've had a song that was co-written by Clive as well. On this list too, Matthew. They tuck them away at track seven. Mm. Yes. It's called New Frontier, Matthew. So, you know, Kirsty, usually I ask you first. Yeah, but, I know what you're doing here. But, but yeah, I mean, this is this is a, a Matthew thing here. This is, I, I really am curious to, because Matthew is not as fond of this album as, uh, there's a lot of people, as many people would be, I would guess. So, yeah, Matthew, why I don't you talk? Album. Yeah, Matthew, why don't you talk about a new frontier first? Well, well, when you put it like that, nothing warms my heart 
more than the fact that I got to skip, you know, to seven tracks in on this album and not have to go any further. <laughs> uh, so that's one. That's a nice thing to yeah, start with. Sure. Uh, I would say this is probably one of the tracks that I do prefer more from this album. Having said that, I don't go to this album. Uh, I can't think of a reason I would want to go to this album. Um, God, it's tough. I do, okay, what do I like out of this? It's kind of struggling. <laughs> I did like the power chords in this. Okay, if I could break it down to little parts, <laughs> there are there are bits that I liked. Uh, I liked the name of the track. <laughs> I thought the new frontier sounded pretty cool. Okay. Uh, I did like that little dive that launches into the the guitar solo. Yes. And I was like, you know, although it starts off a bit slow, not pace wise, but just I don't know, kind of struggling. Yeah, I don't like. I don't like this album. I don't like this track. Kirsty. No, you know, it could be worse. This is one of those things where. Oh, it's just middle of the road. Yeah, there's some decent little bits in it, but not enough for me to want to go out and ever listen to it again. Sure, sure. Sure. I tried, I tried, I really did. Go ahead, Kirsty. Well, I'm coming at it from a different point of view because I, I really love the Dance of Death album. However, uh, it starts with some really nice crushing chords. Nothing special, though. No exciting riffs or anything, but still good. The verse is interesting, but I'm not that into it. Pre-chorus is quite nice. The chorus is really melodic, a little bit happy. Okay. I do love the solo and the section just after it. Um, I find it a little bit jarring when the verse starts back up after that, but not too much. I don't know why Nico was so stressed out about cloning. He's got to write a song all of a sudden. <laughs> maybe he's think, a maybe odd. Joe Lazarus is a clone, and then he's afraid of what's going on right now. <laughs> um, I think this song it's it's not my least favorite on the album. It's not bad. It's just a bit mid for Maiden. Okay, I'm going to make a big statement to start off with about this song. I like this better, Matt, than the opening track. Uh, that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it kicks in okay. Uh, I don't like the melodies that he's singing. You know that, and I'm looking at the lyrics, so I could bleeding you dry from the start, the sum of my parts. You know, to give it away, new new life in a day, some new Frankenstein. Damn for all time. I like the little echo, you know, on his voice right there when he sings that part. Um, but yeah, I don't really like the the melodies in the verses. Um. The the pre-chorus, the always seeking, always asking questions right from the start. That's okay. Um, out beyond the new frontier, the verses, I mean, the melody uh, in the uh, chorus is it's okay. It's not bad. Um, the best part of this song, as Matt pointed, Matt mentioned, Matt actually uh, uh, addressed it a tiny bit. Kirstie the title. Met, <laughs> Kirstie definitely <laughs> mentioned it. You did mention the title, yeah. Uh, the solo, the way the guitar almost screams into the solo a little bit. And I, it's a really good solo. I listened to that today and I thought, man, this is a really good solo. I like it. Um, but yeah, the whole, um, just, just these melodies. This lyric, listen to this lyric right here. I want to end my life now, but I don't. Actually, wait, that's a quote from Matt while he was listening to this song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. Um but yeah, um, 
I just don't really, yeah, I don't like this song too much either. It's better than the the opening track on that album. So yeah, okay. I think it's better than Age of Innocence, maybe. Okay, you know, yeah. Oh, they, they, to me, they're very, very similar. Mm. Yeah, Mass Like, yeah, they're both on the same album. So, uh, so he. he <laughs> We so, need yeah. to do this album soon. Oh god! Yeah, we do. That. We do. Yeah, yeah. So, so, but, but Matthew, but Matthew, you're riding, you're riding low, Matthew. You're, you're really, but you're really about to be riding high, Matthew, because the next track, yes, from a matter of life and death, is called the reincarnation of Benjamin Brieg. So, Kirsty, why don't you tell us about the reincarnation of Benjamin Brieg? Oh yeah, this starts with a slow, dreamy, bluesy Dave Murray solo, and most of the time, not always. This means something good's coming. And I like Bruce's singing in the intro and then the guitars under it. That's a lovely intro. It's like two minutes long. And, yep, that's the right length. Uh, I really like the guitar slide that comes just before the riff. And the riff's really heavy. And the whole song's really heavy. The vocal melody's interesting and really powerfully, powerfully delivered. Almost gets even heavier in the instrumental section. It's got lovely guitar harmonies. Dave gets to do a really nice long solo. I absolutely love this song. This is like one of my favourites on the album. I kind of don't need the matching outro, but also it's nice to have a few seconds to have a breather before the greater good of God, so I can't really fault that either. Mm. Yeah, really good song, finally, after a few <laughs> average ones. Hmm. Yeah. What about you, Matthew? God, what a turnaround between I I think about the turnaround from Dance of Death, where okay, so Brave New World. I was like, oh, okay, Made in a Back, right. and then Dance of Yeah, Dance of Death. I was like, if, if this is all they've got, they should just go away. <laughs> and then A Matter of Life and Death comes back, and I was like, oh my god, this is my favorite album, and it had been for a long time, mm-hmm. with the exception of this track. So this track did nothing for me when I first heard it. I was like, yeah, okay, this kind of plods along. But it all turned around when I saw it live, and it's like it just transformed. I love this song now. And I don't know what it was that I didn't get about it. Maybe it was just one of those mid-paced kind of plod-along songs. But no, I love this. I think I didn't really notice it much the first couple of times I played the album because there's just so much else going on on it. Mm-hmm. And like by the time you get to track seven... You've heard an awful lot of music. Yeah. And some of it kind of gets buried amongst it all. And there's just but, lots going on. For a yeah. mid-pace, yeah, for a mid-pace song, it it captures me now. Whereas before it was like, I just kind of meander through along there with it and all. But I think this is another one where Bruce just sounds great. That Dave's solo and this is awesome. Though you mentioned about the end part. I don't know. I could just I listen to this all day. It wouldn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Um it's yeah. good. I thought, and it was an interesting little campaign when they brought this out too, mm-hmm. back in the, the the online thing. The internet was kind of newish and well, they'd been around a little bit, but these sorts of campaigns. No, good track all around. I like this a lot. Very good. Yeah, I I do too. I like this. The, the intro, outro bit doesn't bother me in the slightest either. I kind of like, you know, just kind of, it just lets you know, hey, we started here. We're going to end here. You're you're done. It's it's out. You know you're getting out of it, and you know you're done. It's not like a fast. I didn't mind it. It's just that they did it on nearly every song on the album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, this album is a masterpiece, though. So oh, okay. Uh, 
In my eyes, it is. Uh, yeah, I like the melodies. I like the melodies he sings on the soft part. I love that big, heavy Rick. I mean, that's awesome. And it kind of drives the song. Uh, and the lyrics are really cool. It's a really neat, you know, it's a really neat story that's kind of being told here. Uh, it reminds me of a, I think I've said it before. It reminds me of a Twilight Zone episode where, where this guy is a, like a, leads a troop. And when his soldiers come up to him and they're about to die in battle, he sees like their face light up a little bit different than everybody else. And he, the first time it happens, he doesn't know what the heck's going on. He thinks, oh man, I've just been out here too long. And he gets a report that that one guy died. Then it happens again and the guy dies. And, uh, you know, then he kind of realizes it and he, I don't know, I can't remember if he goes crazy or not, but at the end, he looks in the mirror because he's getting on it. He's about to get there, sending him back. They're they're shipping him out. He looks in the mirror as he's getting into a Jeep to get ready to go back to, you know, the States or whatever. And his face is lit up the same way. And so he knows that hmm. it's, it, it's, it always reminds me of this song when I, when I think of that. Um, but uh, yeah, this song to me is awesome. It's just, it's, it's cool all the way through. Uh, the lyrics are really strong. Uh, you know, the melodies are good in the song. It's a Dave Murray co-write, so uh, I know that pleases Matthew. Every couple of years, is some magic. Murray magic, yeah. So, uh, And like I said, that intro, it's a dark but nice intro and a nice dark outro as well. So, yeah, I'm a fan of this one. Uh, Nick, oh, Matthew, mm-hmm. uh, I want to call you by your full name right now uh, that I have you <laughs> listed in as my phone to, to ask you, Matthew, to speak first about – the song from the Final Frontier, titled "Starblind," Matthew. Starblind. It's not a bad little track. Uh, <laughs> Do you like it? Tell us yeah, how you really Pro- feel. Froggy, I'm trying to keep, I'm trying to be subdued here. Keep, uh, mm-hmm. keep it down. Keep the excitement down. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you know what? I love this song. Uh, I was going to try and keep it all subdued. I, I can't. I can't keep it you all can't. in. No, if I want to listen to Maiden. This is the first song I think of now. Always, always, always the first song. I want to listen to Starblind. And I'll listen to this on repeat. I love the little intro to this. I love everything in this. This is one of these little guitar noodling songs. There's lots going on in it. The lyrics within this, the whole song is just scattered with memorable lyrics or lyrics that stand out to me. Mm -hmm. Um, This is like perfect proggy maiden for me. And if it's not in the top five, it may be in my top six. Wow. Is what I'll say. Because that might throw you for a little bit of a loop, perhaps. <laughs> but no, no, no. This is one of my favorite songs from one of my favorite albums. And yeah, lyric wise, this has got it all. I'm not going to go into all the lyrics because every verse. Is something like yeah, I will do. All the oxygen that trapped us in a carbon spider's web. Soul the winds are whistling. You may hear the sirens of the dead. Then I know your little favorite thing. You think your time is. Sh- uh, you think you've got time. You think your time is short. Love this. This is a. Um, I don't I know that a lot of people like it, and but I still think it's like an underrated song. And I think this would have been awesome to see live if they ever did it, but it wasn't to be, unfortunately. But no, this is a great, great track. Yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate that it wasn't played live. 
Some some of the guitar parts just seem like I can imagine like the house lights all going on in certain parts of this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think it's a bit of a missed opportunity. There is a lot of singing though. There is. I mean, and it and it is full throttle Bruce all the way through, just about. You know. That's why you should showcase it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what about you, Kirsty? What do you think of this one? Well, I have to agree with Matt there. Um, oh, it's just got a lovely, dreamy, swirly start and a yeah. really nice riff. And I just love the tone and the music and the vocals. They seem sort of, de- well, they're deliberately slightly out of time, which gives it a, like a floating in space feel that fits the lyrics. And there's just so much going on under the verses musically. The chorus is a bit like Infinite Dreams, and that can only be a good thing. And just all the beautiful guitar licks underneath all the way through. Uh, imagine just not loving this. It's, it's almost like one long solo as well. And mm. the song really makes the use of all three guitars. Really proggy. And, yeah, the lyrics are just they're pretty deep. I think it would be such a shame to spoil this beautiful music with, you know, m- lyrics that aren't of this quality. But, yeah, this song's amazing. That off-kilter sound that you kind of mentioned to, I think that's mm. one of the strengths in this where it is kind of off-beat. Yeah. But which was probably, I thought it was kind of odd when I first heard it, but once I got into that and understood it, I was like, this is fantastic, this track. Yeah, so so you guys have said a lot, so I'm going to make mine really short and sweet. The lyrics in this song are amazing. The melodies in this song are amazing. And the music in this song is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's top-notch, like, from pretty much from start to finish. It's, it's, it, it's as good as just about anything they've ever done ever, ever I'm talking from the first Iron Maiden album through this album. I mean, amazing stuff. It's a great song. So I'll leave it at that and we can see where it ranks later. Uh, so we're almost, we're almost done here guys, or at least with the, uh, yeah. we're almost there. Uh, we got uh, a little two to go. two to go. And that last one was written by Steve. Bruce and Adrian. And I mean, that right there shows that not all of their collaborative ep- efforts are, are bad. <laughs> Cause don't they have a couple of bad ones early on? Um, well, they had die with your boots on, which is all right, but it's, you know, they've come on as their time's gone on and honed it to perfection. Yeah. <laughs> but it's only got to star blind. They had 27 years to get it right. right. Yeah. So, Kirsty, why don't you tell us about a uh, about Death or Glory from Yeah, this won't take as long. Um, yeah, I love it. It's a really fun, accessible, straight-ahead maiden stomper about war and planes. You can't go wrong. And uh, solos are really fun, especially Adrian using the slide. This song, um, I feel like it's been ruined for a few people by Bruce's monkeying around on stage, which is a shame. Because <laughs> yeah. um, I reckon the more the band's having fun, the more they'll want to play live. Um, yeah, I really like this song a lot. Matt? Yeah, I was in two minds about this song. I didn't mind it, but yeah, when I saw Bruce like, you know, go monkeying around for want of another phrase, like doing that, and that line itself, it became a bit of a parody of itself, I thought. It just, yeah. Yeah. But, but it was like I, a direct, it was a quote, wasn't it? It was. But if I stripped yeah, that away, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's a it's a good solid rocker. This, um, there's some good stuff in here. 
yeah, I like it now. I didn't care for it for a start. It was a grower for me. But take, like I say, take that climb like a monkey part out of it. And what are you left with? You're still left with the solid, fast-paced rock track that's catchy. Um, good guitar action in this as well. And I don't know. I think, yeah, it could be solid. Or that it is solid. So this song has two sets of verses, and then the whole rest of the song is pre-chorus and choruses. And I am I like it, but I don't love it. Uh, it, it's one of those th- where y'all mentioned earlier, you get to the seventh song on an album on a long album, you know, maybe a long album that features a song as long as the red and the black, right? Kirsty. And, uh, uh I'd, I'd skip that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's like, I like the song, but it, it, it's never been one that just really won me over big time. I know Kirsty's a big fan cause it's Adrian and I, I can't remember the soloing in it. I don't ever remember the solos as much as like Kirsty does. Every time she talks about solos, I keep thinking, Oh man, I need to, I need to listen harder. But, uh, you know, I know what we all listen to what we like and listen. I mean, we listen to what we hear and we hear what we, whatever. So, but <laughs> these lyrics are kind of cool. Make that a quote. <laughs> yeah. Put it on a shirt. There we go. You listen to what you hear and then you kind of listen to, uh, you know, well, whatever, whatever I said. Um, but yeah, the, these lyrics are the, the lyrics aren't bad. The melodies aren't bad. Uh, the song for me, it's not bad. It's not my worst ranked song. It's definitely not near the top either. So yeah, that's Death of Glory for me, which leads us to our final track, Kirsty, that we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, at least me and you are a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I'm. I'm not sure about Matthew. I've already predicted to Matthew what's going to happen next uh, a couple <laughs> days ago on the phone. So we'll find out if my prediction comes true or if I have to sell my house and live <laughs> on the streets. Um, yeah. Out on the streets for a living. Yeah. It's only begun. So our picture has only begun. Sorry. Uh, this song is called darkest hour and it is from Sinjutsu. Uh, Kirsty. Why don't you go first? Yeah. If you haven't listened, Matthew, this one is a ballad. Ooh. <laughs> it's got <laughs> it's got a great intro. We start off with the sound of seagulls and crashing waves. But then the, the lead guitar comes in playing notes that sound like a continuation of the seagulls and, and the arpeggio guitar underneath and the cymbals sound like the waves. And I know saying a guitar sounds like seagulls might be a bit off-putting, but it's a wonderful intro. Mm-hmm. Bruce is in top form singing this. It's an emotional ballad with lots of space for him to show what he can do. I love the melody. There's so much good stuff happening with the guitars underneath as well. The pre-chorus is beautiful. The chorus, I think you could say it was stirring and anthemic. Um, There's a beautiful, long, emotional solo from Adrian. Mm -hmm. The drums are awesome. Dave's solo is really lovely too, especially if you like his solo on Coming Home. The run-up to the next chorus is great, and then we have some absolutely beautiful guitar licks under the choruses from Yannick, and a lovely beachy ending. I fully understand that the lyrics aren't for everyone, but Bruce is singing about something he cares about, and he sounds incredible. Yeah, I really like this song. This is Andrew's, Andrew Whitnall, Lord Andrew's favorite song from Senjutsu. Yes. Matthew, so what do you think of it? I think that Dave's done some awesome work on this track that I wasn't expecting. I'll say that for a start. I think he's probably the standout on this. 
totally took me by surprise when I listened to this. I thought this sounds very different to the rest of the Maiden that I'd listened to so far. But lyric-wise, it's just deep. In my hour of need, no, you're not there. And though I reached out for you, wouldn't lend a hand. Darkest hour, what do you do? Yeah, okay. I liked it. I liked it. Did you like the song Darkest Hour by Megadeth? Oh, hang on. Is that Megadeth? That, yeah. That's actually a song called In My Darkest And that is Hour. an incredible song. That's oh, a good one. <laughs> God, I must have got it mixed up. And, you know... It it could have it could have ranked number one, but we're not doing that today. Yeah. Oh, bugger! I I do like this song, Kirsty. I think the lyrics are the lyrics are are really good. They're poetic. I, I mean, I listened to it today, trying to figure out, you know, where am I going to rank it in in our list here? And mm. the more I listened, the more it just kept moving up in my ranking. It's and a more, golly, I was like, this song is really. It, it, is it? Is it? I'm trying to think if I want to say, but I think this might be the best ballad they've ever done. You know, they haven't done a ton of them, but I mean, it's a really, really nice song. And like you mentioned, Bruce, the way he gets to sing it, uh, he he really shows what he's got and he sounds really good. Uh, Adrian's guitar solo in it. I mean, I'm not one to always notice solos, but yes, man, an amazing solo. And I do agree, like what you said about the way I didn't really think about, it, but the way the guitar kind of comes in after they play the seagulls make, you know, like it does kind of give it that vibe. So that's really, but yeah, this is a really good song. Does Andrew overrate it? I don't know. I don't think it's my favorite from that album, but I think it's a great song. I can say that. So on that, we agree, Andrew and Kirsty and Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, Matthew, I told, I told, uh, oh, Matthew, you should listen to it. It's really good. I, see, I've heard all I need to hear now. I know it's a really good track. I told mm-hmm. Matthew the other day that I knew he wouldn't listen to it, that he would come on here and pretend he listened to it and start talking and act like something <laughs> happened here. I said, and he goes, are you sure? I said, Matthew, you, if anything, you're predictably unpredictable. So yeah, I, I know that that's what you will, but I know that I knew it. And as soon as the more he talked, the more he talked, he almost got me. He almost oh. had me. I was thinking, did he really listen to this until he said, mm. you're not there. And I was like, oh yeah, of course <laughs> I was like, well, there you go. And when I needed Matt to come through. No, he wasn't there. Yeah, he wouldn't lend a hand. (laughs) (laughs) Do I reached out? Yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, so, so guys, so all that, all that. I'm going to go and listen to that song now. (laughs) I know. All that so we can rank these 17 songs from least best to best. Council's order. So, uh, yeah. Oh, hang on. Hey, can you do me a favor? What? I think I've missed, I've missed a track here somehow. I've deleted something and didn't realize. Yeah, you probably um, don't have Darkest Hour in there. No, I do. Oh, hang on. You're right. <laughs> That's what it was. So you've got 16 and you haven't got Darkest Hour. I had Darkest Hour and I moved it. That's what it was. Righto. Moved it where? <laughs> Off your list of, of out of your phone, completely out of your life? Gonna make our rankings a little bit wonky, but never mind. We'll start right. out. We'll, Kirsty, me and you will start out with seventeen, and then we'll let Matt go with sixteen. So I can still have seventeen. Okay. 
Darkest Hour certainly wouldn't be my last song. Okay. True. Okay. Uh, okay, I'm going to do oh. it like this, and I hope that Matt doesn't screw this all up for everybody. No, nah, I'll, I'll do 16. I'll do 16. Okay. It is what it is. All right, Kirsty, why don't you tell everybody out there what the worst Iron Maiden track it, what the seventeenth worst number seven Iron Maiden track is my, for for me and you? My least best number seven track is "Don't Look to the Eyes of a Stranger." <sighs> Matt, what do you have at number 17? Uh, a song that is sorely missing some gang vocals and would have made a, a marked improvement if it had that, and that would be Quest for Fire. Yeah, um, I think that would have been better as an instrumental, and if it was an instrumental, it might not be at number 17. But well, it, it'd be serviceable. It wouldn't be a top instrumental, but it'd be serviceable. Yeah, it'd be better than... Uh, It'd still probably be the worst on that album, but uh, that's, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, Quest for Fire. I mean, it's obvious. It's just, Quest for Fire is just not a very good track. And, I mean, at this point, I'm not. I'm very disappointed that I didn't pick it. But Yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, at this point, I, I don't even feel like beating it up anymore because I'm just like, it's just, it's obvious. I don't understand why we have to keep defending this track as being so bad to one person. You know, everybody else knows it's not that good. You actually don't have to do that. Thank you. Kirsty, <laughs> what do you have at number 16, please? I still don't have Quest for Fire. At number 16, I have New Frontier. Wow. Well, that's interesting. I bet you Abs is not very happy to hear that. At least it wasn't last. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Matthew? What do you have at number 16? Oh, if Abs wasn't happy on that, I'm going to double down because I also had New Frontier at 16. Oh, well, I guess I'll be the lone guy that won't have it at number 16 then. I guess I could swap it, but I don't know if I want to move it. Nah, I'm going to go with what I got here. I, I have done quite a few. There has been quite a bit of changes happened to my list since we started talking today, though, because uh, as we've talked about songs, I'm looking at my list and going, ah, I do like this one a little better. So, So my number 16 comes from my number 17 Iron Maiden album. It's called uh, The Fugitive. My number 16 is The Fugitive. Uh, number 15, Kirsty. Okay, finally, Quest makes an appearance. Golly, man. You <laughs> couldn't high. put it at any higher than 15. Yeah, that's pretty high. That's pretty high. Matthew, what do yeah. you have at number 15? So what I thought was better than Quest for Fire and New Frontier was Megadeth's Darkest Hour. Uh, Megadeth's Darkest Hour would actually be yeah. way higher on this list. Than, than yeah, but I see what you're doing. That's yeah, you can be a funny guy. You're okay. filling a hole. Got to get it out of the way. Well, uh, this will probably make Abs pretty happy because at number 15, I have New Frontier. Okay. Yeah. So um, what about number 14, Matthew? What do you have at number 14? Are you skipping Kirsty? No, I just called on you first. Okay. Uh, for 14, I've gone with The Fugitive. Okay. Kirsty, what about you? 
The Fugitive. Oh, two matches. All right. Well, I'm sure maybe neither one of y'all will like to hear what I have at number 14. Mm -hmm. I've got Charlotte the Harlot at number 14. Okay. Okay. That means it's coming up next. Kirsty, what do you have at number 13? It's not. And you you might not like what I've got at 13. Uh Uh-oh. Judgment of Heaven. Well, I can live with that. Matthew, 13? Uh, I have at number 13, Charlotte the Harlot. Now, now, Matt, now comes my time to tell Kersey she's not going to like what I have at number 13. (laughs) I have Death or Glory at number 13. Okay. (laughs) Number 12, Kersey. What do you have at number 12? I have... (laughs) I know I'm going to predict you won't like this much. <laughs> I have run silent, run deep. Oh wow! Okay, okay. Uh, Matthew, what do you have at number twelve? Well, I don't have run silent, run deep, but I am next to what you had last time, Kirsty. I have Judgment of Heaven at number twelve. Okay. Uh, this one will probably make Kirsty happy. I would think at number twelve, I also have Judgment of Heaven. <laughs> Mm. Mm. So there's a match for me and Matthew. That's, that's yeah, and I'm not far away. You're not far away. So numbers is twelve. Number eleven. Eleven. Kirsty, number eleven. Charlotte the Hot. Okay. Okay. Uh, number eleven for you, Matthew. Lightning strikes twice. What? <laughs> Oh, hang on, sorry, not lightning strikes twice. What am I thinking of? Uh, don't look to the eyes of a stranger. That's it, sorry. I don't know why I wrote that down. <laughs> don't look to the eyes of a stranger, sorry. I don't know why I wrote that there. Well, well, Kirsty, I know you'll be happy, happy to know that I also have lightning strikes twice at number um, 11, because I also have don't look to the eyes of a stranger at number 11, Matthew. So lightning does strike twice. Hey, okay, well, you, you know. know. Got it a lot higher than me at seventeen. When when Matt when Matt made his little flub up, he didn't realize what a perfect flub up that was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it wasn't prearranged. Didn't feel like we'd done it before. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is funny. So, oh, Kirsty is not going to like my number ten. Mm-hmm. At what like mine? So what, good. At what point do we get? Okay. So, Matt, me and Kirsty discussed this already. Uh, one, two, three. Four. I had about six or seven songs that I considered the elite songs. And yeah. then it went to a separate category. How many did you consider elite or top notch? Uh, now, there's my elite. Well, that's what I mean. Elite. Your elite. How many were your elite? No, your elite. Uh, maybe five. Uh, okay. six. Yeah. Let's say six. I yeah, say five I reckon or six. Six, yeah. six yeah. is fair. Yeah. So number ten, Kirsty, what do you have at number ten? At number ten. Oh no. I'm too too scared to tell you. Oh god. Deja vu. Oh, oh Matthew. Matthew. Said deja vu? She said deja vu at number ten, Matthew. Oh, okay. Bruno might agree with that. I <laughs> don't necessarily. My number 10 is not deja vu. Well, they are both uh, from England, you know, Matthew. Well, birds of a feather. Uh, True. My number 10 <laughs> is Death or Glory. 
Okay. I don't think anyone has said my number 10 yet, which I'm sure will be displeasing. I don't know how displeasing this one's going to be because I don't know how much higher it's going to go for either of you. But I have a feeling it might touch elite territory for both of you. My number 10 is Killers. Ooh. So bye-bye, Paul <laughs> Diano. You didn't get past uh, the bottom eight. Mm. Let's see here, which is interesting. I'm sure there's a lot of people that won't be happy with some of these tracks that are that have made my because uh, currently I have one, two, three, four new era tracks that are all maybe new frontierish era tracks, if you will, Matt. So what do you yeah? What do you got at number uh, nine, Matthew? Number nine for me is the clairvoyant. Okay. That's higher than I expected. That's higher than I expected for you. Mm -hmm. Kirsty, what do you have at number nine? The fallen angel. Okay. Fair enough. Mm. Kirsty, Kirsty's feelings are hurt now that we said that birds of a feather and her and Bruno. (laughs) The the matches. We didn't flock together. Did we? We flocked to separate continents. (laughs) This is true, but y'all don't, y'all both left. Ooh, Mm -hmm. man. But notice the matches are starting to uh, get further apart now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For me, and this will probably make Matthew smile, my one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Number nine is Run Silent, Run Deep, Matthew. Interesting. Yeah. Number eight, Kirsty. Gangland. Gangland at number eight, Matthew. What yeah. do you say? Well, I say discount what I just said about matches because I too have Gangland at number eight. That's interesting. Like I wasn't expecting to have it so high before I started. Uh huh. And then you start breaking mm-hmm. it all yeah, down. Yeah, it's great. And... Mm-hmm. Matthew, have you ever seen like a Beatles concert in the past, or like what a Taylor Swift concert's kind of like now with the girls streaking and stuff? Like the hysteria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I, I, too, Matt, have Gangland oh. at number eight. Is that, is that the first time ever? I think so. I think oh, that's the first time ever. That's why I knew Kirsty was going to be streaking. Oh. <laughs> I was so excited. I had to move back from the microphone. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Uh, no. I didn't either. When she said it, I thought, okay, well, we'll have a match. And then you said it. I was like, oh, wow, this is uh, unprecedented here. Trifecta. We should just stop. This now. is a very big moment. The only way this would get and be a bigger moment is mm-hmm. if Gen had it listed at number eight when he gets here. So Gen, uh, yeah, well, hopefully he'll do the um, rankings he, before he listens. And oh, he will. Let's fingers crossed. He will. I was thinking of him as soon as you said you had it as well. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> let's see where. Let's see where. Because imagine if Gen could have a match with all three of us. That would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That would. That would actually. Just, I don't know. I don't that know means, what I'd have to do. I'd have to get the champagne out. <laughs> that means that means we would all have to visit each other on our deathbeds and, uh, <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, and, I'm not sure how the logistics of that are going to work. Yeah, we got someone in Asia. We got someone in Australia. And then me and Matt in the States here. Mm. We could, we'll have to do a Zoom call or something for it. Oh, that'll be nice. Yeah, yeah look forward <laughs> to it. <laughs> so let, let's see if it gets any better, Matthew. Let's see if it gets any better. Because we do have at least one, two, three, uh, at least three songs 
four songs. Me and Kirsty haven't mentioned four songs. Uh, Matthew, one of them you won't be mentioning, and three of them you could. So let's see. So number eight. Wait, wait. That was number eight. Number seven. Kirsty, what do you have at number seven? Oh, right up here. I've got death or glory. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Matt, what about you? My number seven, I have the fallen angel. Well, Kirsty, I, I don't know what's what's in the water right now, but <laughs> me and Matthew have another match. This is unprecedented. This is like mm. our fourth match. Yeah. I know. What? I'm the one who's out on the limb here today a little bit. <laughs> oh. I know. <laughs> so, hey, so what is this saying about the three of us so far, matching so often? I don't know. Because usually, usually you throw all my well, opinions out, out the window. This is, um, I think quite often where we're doing uh, a ranking, things are a little bit more closer together, quality-wise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not really been the case in today's list of songs. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's see. And usually, you know, when people, like they say when like couples get married, right? That they mm-hmm. tend to become more alike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So and, and you, you start looking like your dog. Yeah, I was just <laughs> thinking that people with their pets, <laughs> their pets. <laughs> oh gosh. So, but we spend a lot of time together when we chat. So maybe maybe our opinions are starting to. Uh, maybe you're coming around to my thing. point. You're coming around to my point of view. Could be that. Or maybe yeah. you know two Could people be. can. It's easier for two people to pull one up than one to pull two down. Uh, so be one of us. Is it like that? <laughs> yeah. You're sucking me in there now. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so that brings us, we're in our top six right now. Six? We're in our top six, Kirsty, here. So six. Six. Yeah, this is when, um, where it started to get a little bit harder. Yeah. They're all, they're all so good from now on. Um, I've put Darkest Hour at number six. Matthew? With a glimmer of metal, my moment is ready to strike killers. Okay, okay. Well, I think uh, Kirsty may think all is right in the world again, Matthew, because I also have Darkest Hour. No way. Are you just going last and just copying us? (laughs) Yeah. No, I I can show you. I can screenshot it right now and show you. So, and Let's see. I would say in my top six, nothing changed, but okay, um, fr- it, it did change a little bit for me. I'm talking about since we started this phone call. Oh, <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> but my top—I mean, they moved the top six moved around a little cool. bit, but everything from yeah. seven down was going all over the place as I was—we were talking. Mm. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that brings us to uh, number five. Uh, let's see, Matthew, why don't you tell us what you have at number five? I have a little man by the name of Benjamin Brieg at number five. Okay. Benjamin Brieg at number five. What about you, Kirsty? Benjamin Brieg. Oh. Can you do it, Steve? Well, I hate to be. He, uh, he would have to swap something. I hate to be a clairvoyant here and predict <laughs> the future the wrong way. But if I predict it that way, then I will be wrong because I have the clairvoyant. Uh, number five, so close. That's a good, but you got an, it's another match though. It's another another match. Yeah, so matches, matches are always bound. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, especially when they're with Matt. You know, 
You know, matches are generally a rare thing. I feel yeah, like he matches with himself. I feel, I feel like Gen is just gonna like Gen is just gonna be like all over the place listening to this. He could be like, "Oh my gosh, what is going oh, on here?" But it's bizarre. It's so like hard. <laughs> it's bizarro worlds here for him. <laughs> okay, so we're in the top four now. Yeah, and me and Kirsty have uh, me and Matt and Kirsty all have for sure two possibles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm maybe one. Anyway, uh oh. Yeah, I think me and Kirsty, I think me and you have two possibles. Uh, I think Matt has no possible matches with us, but but still mm, one. Uh, I think I've got one possible. Okay, well, my number. Oh, sorry, number four. You gonna start snorting now, Matt? Remember last time I started saying the wrong thing? No, you know, I was impressed that you started this episode without laughing and having to uh, Both restart. Of them. Both uh-huh. of them, yeah. So, no, no, yeah, correct on. My number... No, f- now we're getting derailed. No yeah, I'm going I'm to say my number four first because... Uh, okay. Because y'all both said it at number five. My number four is the reincarnation of Benjamin Brie, so... Mm. Cool. Close. Very close. So, Kirsty, what do you have at number four? Uh, so mine's the clairvoyance. So yeah, we okay. just got a little swap there. Yeah, and Matthew. So I might get a little bit of heat on this, and I know that I'm not going to have a match with anybody. Kirsty, but... he's about to say power slave. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to say, Matthew? Say it. He's going to say power slave. See <gasps> the clairvoyant. <laughs> yes, I am being clairvoyant right now. What's your? Okay, is that really okay. it, Matthew? <laughs> It's top four. What, what do you want? I knew it. As soon as you said it like that, I was like, oh, here he goes. Here, That's okay. Here goes oh, I his. Know it, I know here, it has high standings in both of your. Um, welcome, to Biza- welcome to Bizarro World again. Oh, desert. <laughs> Population one. Uh, Kirsty, uh, number. Wait, that was number four, right? Yeah. yeah, number yeah, three, Kirsty. We're on number three now, and this this one I flip flopped around. This has been number two, and it's been number three. Um, I kind of just want it to be like a joint number two. You know what I mean? Anyway, number three, Starblind. Starblind at number three, Matthew. Uh, so my number three is especially after my number four may not make any sense to anyone, but I really, really do like this song a lot. Uh, And it's a go-to it's run silent, run deep. Yeah. I thought you're going to have it like right up there. I knew about it. (laughs) This is where, this is where, you know, um, uh, you know, I mean, this is expect the unexpected with Matthew. So, but it's not at the unexpected. I'm sure I've talked about this before and how much I like it. Well, sure, sure, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's still, it's high. It's Power Slaves at four. It's still high. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number three. Uh, I don't. Know, we've already said it a million times. So I'm not going to try to be funny. My number three is Deja Vu. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, let's see here. I'm Nitty still gritty time. I'm still pretty confident in in Kirsty. So, uh, Matt, what do you have at number two? Uh, two. Uh, so my number two, you know, is what it is, is Deja Vu. Okay. Okay. Wow. And Kirsty, what do you have at number two? Everyone said my number two already quite a while back. My number two is Killers. Wow. Still a good one. I can't disagree with that. 
The fourth Hell Rider will be pleased. He will. <laughs> I wonder what he's up to. <laughs> he's on an acid no trip good. in an acid world. <laughs> okay, so Matthew, first, why don't you tell us what your number one is? This is definitely mm. what I knew your number one would be as soon as I saw this song on the list. Oh, I thought you said that you had a little bit of a bit of trepidation there. Could have been one of two. At first, I thought that, but then oh. you know. No, I'm in no doubt as to what Matt's number one it would be. Oh, so I am that predictable. All right, my number one is a perfect proggy maiden song. I love everything about this song. This is maiden to me. Infinite dreams at one end, this at the other. Star blind. Wow, wow, and Kirsty. Hey, good call too, Matt. That's a great song. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, I, I did struggle around the top three. Yeah, I it knew. is so good. That is the one song on this entire list that I thought, can I put it over mine and Kirstie's obvious number one choice or not? And I couldn't. So, Kirstie, why don't you tell everybody else out there that doesn't know how predictable we are? <laughs> what our joint number one is yeah i knew what this was going to be and then i thought oh maybe starblind but it never changed my number one and your number one is power slave power slave yeah i argue i knew like we we talked right before because we got on the call a few minutes before you did matt and i told her as soon as we started this my number 17 and my number one never moved Oh, okay. Like you knew Quest for Fire was not going to be, well, mine at least. Yeah. I knew it. There's just, there was no chance that anything else is going to even sniff number 17. It's just, I just dislike that song and I love Power. I mean, like Power Slave, I thought about it a little bit, but I, like, like Kirstie just said, you, you kind of think about it and you're just like, it's so difficult. And it, and I want to pick something different. I want to pick new, new era maiden. Yeah, because I love New Era Maiden so much. But you know, Power Slave number one, Starblind number two, for me and Kirsty. Nope, Kirsty had it at number three. Sorry, but literally Starblind was three, two, and one in lists. So that's mm. pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. It's an interesting little concept. This number seven. Just the there's a lot of good tracks in here. There's a couple of uh, duds or whatever, but oh, I liked a lot of these. It was, There's a lot of ones that have never been played live and mm-hmm. you don't really just think of when you think of Iron Maiden. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. It's like you could say there's seven deadly sins, seven ways to win. And then when you talk about the duds, you could say seven holy paths to hell. <laughs> so, so with all that said, with, say that. We, we, yeah, we've said a lot. We've said a lot here and a lot of time has been spent to say it. Uh, I want to thank uh, both of you for your generosity with your time. It's always a pleasure to talk to both of you. And this was a lot of fun. It was. It was. So with all that said, I think we've, we've, you know, we'd like to see anybody else's lists. I'm sure we'll at least see Gens. So uh, everybody else should follow Gens uh, thing and do the same thing. So everybody out there, thank you for listening. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Some things in life are bad. They can really make you mad. 
Half of things just make you swear and curse When you're chewing on life's gristle That grumble, give a whistle And this'll help things turn out for the best And always look on the bright side of life Always look on the light side of life If life seems jolly rotten There's something you've forgotten And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing When you're feeling in the dumps Don't be silly chumps Just purse your lips and whistle That's the thing Always look on the bright side of life You must always face the curtain with a bow Forget about your seat, give the audience a grin Enjoy it, it's your last chance anyhow So always look on the bright side of